Um, how's everybody doing? Hope you are doing well. My name is Andrew Kuhn, Focus Compounding, sitting next to Jeff Gannon. Jeff, how's it going today? It's going very well, Andrew. How's it going with you? It's going great. Hope it's going great for everybody else as well. In today's podcast, we are going to be talking about Peter Lynch's version of what makes a perfect stock. This is from chapter eight of One Up on Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And let's get into it. The perfect stock. What a deal. Yeah. So, uh, this is his idea of a perfect stock. I have a slightly different one, but uh, I think he has 13 points on it. Okay. So he says, it sounds dull or even better, ridiculous. Got it. Okay. He so likes names like Bob, Bob Evans Farms, Pet Boys, Manny Moe and Jack, uh, Shoney's, and Crown Cork and Seal. Okay. So is it like, what is that type of dull or? Yeah. I guess I mean, it's not like biotechnologies or Activision or, you know? Uh, right, exactly. Like, say, like, like Activ cool. Activision sound like sounds like a name that consultants made up. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I remember as a kid, uh, one of the fathers of a company um, nearby where I lived uh, came in for like career day type stuff, right? Uh -huh. And so what had just happened is that there'd been a new company created and renamed from a reorganization and it was Lucent. Oh, and so it was all about how they made their meaningless logo and they came up with their meaningless name of Lucent, how much they paid different consultants Wonderful. and how much they, yeah. And they talked to us about that. Well, everything. how much did Steve Jobs pay for Apple, the logo? The person that did it, I think he, he told Jobs, I will do it. I'm going to create one example. Okay. And you can't critique it. All right. It's whatever I come up with is what it is. And he was very adamant about that. And I don't think Jobs liked it at first, but I think he reminded him. He's like, no, you said <laughs> one and done. And that's what... How he made the yeah. the apple with a bite out of it. And now it's the iconic logo that we all know today. Yeah. I mean, Berkshire Hathaway sounds pretty dull, too. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's something that doesn't that isn't renamed to that. So, you know, uh, like, for instance, a good example would be Standard Oil becomes Esso becomes Exxon in this country. Yeah. Um, because over time, you can see how they rename companies and what they come up if with. If you ask, like, a normal person on the street that isn't familiar with Warren Buffett and everything, definitely mm -hmm. not the crowd listening right now what Berkshire Hathaway is. So they'll be like, the real the realty company? Where you could buy, you know? Right. I feel like it's what a lot of people associate it with because that's yeah. where they see it. Yeah. Not that it's just so, a massive conglomerate. But a few of these, you know, it's interesting because he liked consumer ones. A few of these are weird um, because Pet Boys was selling to the public, and they did really call it Pet Boys, Manny, Mo, and Jack. So mm -hmm. that is interesting. Uh, when they don't change the the com the the t um, corporate name and stuff, sometimes that is a tip that is very dull and everything. Uh, so you know we'll, we'll see. But we we own some that I think have somewhat dull names that way and stuff. Um, the one that stands out to me that people ask about is Naco, because no one knows what it means. Yeah, the North American Coal Company, and then yeah. they're trying to present themselves as not a coal company yes. and everything, but that was their name. And so yeah, you know. We have a couple that we really like as well that I like. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Uh, so it does something dull is the other one. Got it. So some of those are. So Crown Cork and Seal makes cans and bottle caps, and he liked that one a lot. That's uh, the other companies in that. Uh, like a good example, the big one in that now is Ball, which also meets the requirement of having a dull sign. Yeah, name. a boring name. Uh, and it's also like the name comes from a very long time ago when it was, uh, you know, ma mainly selling stuff for like canning at home and stuff, things like that. So, um, uh, Crown Cork and Seal, yeah, they do something dull, which is making those caps. And I wrote a ball a long time ago for um, stuff, and uh, it's an interesting company and it's an interesting industry, but it bores people. So boring product is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, is there some sort of correlation between that and being a more predictable business? 
Well, it I mean, may be less like, competition. It's not so, like a biotechnology company here, that's trying the, to find the cure for cancer. Right. Here's the two things about a lot of what he picks. So it works on two levels. One, if it's doing something dull and has a dull name, then you've hit both the levels of how you need to avoid competition. You avoid a competition in the business because no one wants to enter a, a dull business. Everyone wants to enter a business that isn't dull. I mean, we've talked about some industries where it's like, like we were talking about some industry recently where I think one company is making profits in the industry and yet they keep having everyone else enter the industry. They've never, they've been entering for 10 years and they never make any profits from it, but it's amazing that they keep going in. Whereas yeah. we can think of other industries where everyone I know that's public is making profits and yet they mention that no one ever enters the industry. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I've mentioned line before and stuff. There are reasons, regulatory reasons, stuff why people don't enter it and all that. But honestly, they would go over those, th- uh, th- those thresholds and stuff if it was lithium. So you know what's interesting though? How many people actually just kind of don't look at certain businesses because it fits the first two maybe yes. not so much the noise but okay like okay let's talk about like right. monarch cement like yes. who's gonna owe oh, a cement company who's gonna care about that it's just not like a sexy like business or name you know what i'm saying right i i think i agree with that and i think that that helps the second level of it where you need to avoid competition which is for shareholders yeah you need to have found something that they're not interested in yeah that's and so i think that's what you look in is for something that does something dull and that has a boring name yeah um you they know. don't make screens on this. Maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> you know, sometimes you can have the opposite. Like a good example of a company that had the opposite years ago. I don't know what the situation is now. Is there's a company called Forward Industries, and Forward Industries made like uh, st- stuff that were like cell phone accessories, and not from the time of the iPhone and stuff, but before then. So like flip phones and things like that. It made some accessories of cases and things and whatever that you could do on. You know, so a boring small company, whatever. But do you know what its ticker symbol was? No, what is it? So it was Forward Industries. So it was F O R D. Do you know what the ticker is for Ford? F. F. Yeah. Do you know what the average person getting their their Robinhood account or yeah. their uh, well, TV or whatever Tesla. for the first time will think? There's a couple. There's a couple of them with Tesla. Right. So Tesla's is like what is it TSLA or whatever, and like right. one of them, it's like it's it's very much the same, but like one letter is a little bit different. Right. So it'll get bit up on some days yeah. because people think they're buying. So it, it could draw attention to that. Whereas yeah. if a company instead has a boring ticker, a boring stock name, and does a dull thing, then people are less likely to be interested in it. Uh, like a really good example is Village Supermarket, right? Yeah. I honestly think one reason it was cheap 20 years ago is because it didn't call itself ShopRite. Because mm-hmm, sure. no one has ever seen a Village Supermarket. They're not a thing. Mm-hmm. If you go to their stores, there's nothing saying Village there. So instead, by not saying ShopRite, which by the way, like all the analysts, all the people who cover things and stuff, all lived in areas where they were shopping at, a village supermarket. So they would have been tipped off to it in a big way. But as a very small company at the time, it was able to hide that fact. I mentioned J&J Snack Foods. Mm-hmm. Not only that, most people thought J&J, it's already mixing them up with Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. Sure. So it's interesting that way because like if they had called themselves Super Pretzel or Icy or Luigi's Italian Ice or whatever, then it might have actually made people think what the company is, yeah. whatever. You know, as opposed to crown cork and seal. I mean, how many? Where names? some people are like, do they mean seal like the animal? What do they mean yeah. by seal? I wonder how many names people choose though, just because like I've heard David Tepper talk about how he came about Appaloosa, and I think he said it was like back when he was getting into the funds, a lot of people were naming their funds after like horses and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and it was at the top of you know a the alphabet. You know? Okay, so, so it's at like the top people of the alphabet, have like different. Amazon. Yeah, but I mean at the same time you'd be like, what what is that? Appaloosa. You know, now I think right. there's capital management as well, but you know, still applies. But what about like Apple, for example? I mean, now we all know it as the company that it is, but well, like it back does, in the eighties or whatever, people were like, what? A technology well, company? See, Apple? That's because why Apple's a consumer company, not a technology company. 
only companies recently have started to rename themselves using silly names and stuff, which they've done the last 20 years. So what you do is you use silly names and lowercase letters. Like Pied Piper. Right. Pie Piper is a great example <laughs> of things copying the Google, Facebook, yeah. whatever things, yeah. which is nonsense. Facebook, that's lower F. Yeah. So you use not, and you use lowercase. They all have to do that now. And then there's oh, only okay. certain fonts that you can use and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's the opposite of what things would have looked like in the 60s and stuff with IBM or whatever. You use all of that sort of thing to show that you're, to say, like, we're not marketing to corporations, we're marketing to people. Mm. BP, right? They switched theirs to lowercase and they also made themselves like um, green in the way of like the environmental yeah. green, not in the which green. Ironic before. Right? <laughs> um, so, as opposed to things that use old names, like as an example of NACO, NACO sounds like a weird name today, right? But it wasn't a weird name a um, hundred years ago to fifty years ago or something. Actually, if you go back uh, about a hundred years ago, names like that were incredibly common, and everyone renamed themselves to be that. So there were companies like Asarco and stuff. There were that used to be how they do attract uh, contractions in naming stuff. So it wasn't very popular to do like. Um, uh, Posco is a good example in, in Korea and stuff, but they're very unusual for them to do that. So uh, Sarko is American smelting and refining company. And so putting it together that way is how they started to abbreviate things for these like trusts and things when that was starting to be a big thing in American society instead of their original names, which were often boring things that were things like North American coal or like, you know, American smelting or national biscuit mm-hmm. or things like that. That was uh, general foods. You know, you forget yeah. that, the, you know, that's what it was called. Um, because of that, they started US to do this foods. thing to make it sound more um, unusual that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that happened as a thing, too, for things like National Cash Register, International Business Machines to go to NCR and IBM and stuff like that. Minnesota Mining Manufacturing, 3M. Um, so there are just trends in the naming and stuff. Right. Sure. So that's they do something dull. Um but I honestly think that that's absolutely true in the case of Village. I think if they named themselves ShopRite, the stock would be more popular from an earlier age. Yeah. So uh, it does something disagreeable. Okay. So what does that mean? He talks about safety clean, cleaning up greasy auto parts and things like that. Um, there's a company. Are they still public? Darling. So is this, is this, is this just like the thing that like people don't want to deal with? They don't want to do it. Like what does that mean? Yeah, there's things that people don't want to think about. Got it. Okay. So uh, so let's see. If you go, to, I don't remember if Darling is still public. Uh, yeah. So darling ingredients. Yeah. So it's not far. It's Irving. Um, do they have a description of the company on Wikipedia or something? Doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Let's see if we pull up. Yeah. That's not going to help. Gosh. Uh, You see, you don't get all these ads on your computer, right? I don't. And I don't go to Yahoo, but do they have a company description somewhere? I I guess we can just go to quick FS and maybe they can describe it for you so I can yeah. But this is one of these, but is this the same Darling? That's why I want yeah, we'll to check to make sure. Darling ingredients, business descriptions. Food products. Darling ingredients develops, produces, and sells natural ingredients from edible right. and edible bionutrients. Yeah. It was formerly known as Darling International. It's a rendering company. So okay. I don't know if it's changed itself from that till now. But what it means is it would take products. Uh, so a rendering company, take a renderer, takes things like... Um, uh, well, the joke that everyone says is like sending something to the glue factory. Oh, so, uh, so you take fats or things from something that you had. Yeah. So the, the things like the all new green things and stuff aspect of this is more like we take grease from different company, from different restaurants and things. And then we repurpose it to use different things. But sometimes if you use different names and things, so here we go, collagen, edible fats, feed grade fats. So you know what that is really. Mm-hmm. You're taking fat, animal fat and breaking it down into things and stuff. But you can talk about it in a way 
that can confuse people a little bit, like changing your name to Darling Ingredients definitely gives you more of a feeling that ingredients doesn't sound like you're rendering stuff down. No, it's like, what kind of spices am I putting on my chicken or something? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it kind of avoids that kind of thing there. Um, uh but that's what the company really is. I don't know if it, you go in their 10K and see what they how they describe it while I look up the next thing. But anyway, so that's the disagreeable, disgusting sort of thing and stuff like that. And they're pretty common. Um, but disagreeable can also be things that are you know consumer finance things that people don't like to think about. Um, it could be it could be strip clubs and um, garbage collection Bad and uh, yeah things like that. Um, you know, and it can all. It, and sometimes they can present themselves to avoid that. So, yeah. So they say sustainable food ingredients and stuff. So they were founded by the Swift meatpacking interest in the Darling family in 1882. That's really what the company was. Now, maybe it's changed a lot and whatever. But this is a company that's not Peter Lynch. Uh, this is not a Peter Lynch type company. Because it's changing its name and how it presents itself to avoid anyone confusing it with this stuff and to avoid he that. He would rather them say what they actually Embrace do. it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he would he would prefer that instead of Darling International, it was called, you know, Swift Darling Rendering or yeah. something like that. Um, and Rendering itself is like a name that's kind of to avoid saying what it really is yeah, doing. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, it does something disagreeable. It's a spinoff. That's the other possibility. Mm-hmm. So we have lots of those that are spinoffs and, you know... Um, We've talked about that to death on this As podcast. Munger has said, carefully study spinoffs. Yeah, so he has a list of spinoffs here from uh, for strong performers and weak performers, talking about some of them. But uh, the examples that he gave were like um, some of them are interesting that he gave. So like uh, they they spun off like a paper thing out of a uh, media company because it was a print media company. Mm-hmm. So actual producer of paper that is something that people would probably dump. They wouldn't want to hold on to that. You know, like if you were in New York Times stock and they spun off. A paper mill that they own to you know help um supply themselves then that would probably be something that people would sell you know um we've talked about that before and we've bought ones like that sure uh institutions don't own it and the analysts don't follow it nice that's right a very big one there yeah there have been some stocks recently that people suggested to me and stuff and i've been like uh why are analysts following this if it worries me that analysts followed it because mm-hmm. there was one that you mentioned to me that someone had kind of suggested i take a look at and then I did take a look at it, and someone else talked to me about taking a look at it, and then something else was written up about it and stuff. And I was like, well, what's going yeah. on here? But then the other end of the spectrum, which we've had, is where you just can't find out anything about the business. The company won't talk to you. Right. People involved won't talk to you. Sure. No analysts cover it. Correct. And then it's kind of and that's a, It could be disappointing if you never get the information, sure. but it can be exciting if, you, if you know, we like being someplace where we're like, so how many people have been here that are yeah. like us here? Yeah. You know? What type of shareholders talk to you? Yeah. Do shareholders talk to you a lot? Right. Peter Lynch loved that where they're like, you're the only one who's been here so far. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. or the last one that came was years ago or whatever. Um, Institutions don't own it is very important. Yeah. Yeah. He mentions the rumors abound. It's involved with toxic waste and or the mafia. So again, that's a good example with like strip clubs and stuff because they have those issues, um, which they may be involved with that kind of thing. So that's the thing that could turn people off there. Garbage collection, um, you know, that was one. He mentions waste management and stuff, which waste management originally intended to avoid that. And he talks about a fantastic assertion uh, that waste management was somehow involved in um, uh, mafia stuff and whatever. So the issue there is that is early the jury still out on that one or what? Well, early on they weren't involved with it, but you have to be involved with it for certain kinds of things. So they had when they started out. Um, I had recommended a book to you actually that's about it and stuff. It mentions waste management a little bit. Um, uh, they had said like that they would avoid where I grew up because they're they're mafia uh, related contracts in northern New Jersey and New York City and stuff. Um, 
and then eventually stopped doing that, and so that caused them problems. Uh, but that's a risk. Uh, there are other things like that. I, I was familiar with a public company that got a union contract, and um, they put a representative of the mafia. Uh, yeah, we know, talked related about that, to yeah. their to their company and stuff, and so that creates rumors and things about it. But more commonly, are rumors that we have of like people who did bad things at other companies, mm-hmm. things like that. Sure. The one that I like the best is that there was actual bad stuff done at the company and now things have changed. Sure. That's the one I really like. Yeah. So we talk about those things with Nevada corporations, with companies that have bad, the auditors I don't like as much with companies that have whatever. I like it when there were people who might, or crooks involved with it or doing bad things or whatever, they're out and the company's name hasn't been rehabilitated. The, the perception of it by the public is still very cloudy. Once they get burned on a stock, once yeah. it becomes a penny stock that was a fraud or whatever, then no, people will never touch it again yeah you know mm-hmm. and there's lots of examples of that like buffett's book talks about it um where like um the um the uh, well, it's like american express right well no <laughs> but the scandal. uh american home uh finance what was it called uh yeah the amundsen one from the anyway it, it had been a fraud mm-hmm. and there were some people who got caught up in the fraud um who then turned it into a legitimate company and that's actually happened before and this happened you know continues to happen on stock markets today there are companies that actually were frauds and they aren't anymore because the people involved were out frauds sketchy bad actors you know people who are who are doing frauds and things generally don't end up sticking around that long yeah because they annoy everyone and upset them and get thrown out and and then people want to protect their own reputation and everything you know so there are companies that start out pretty dirty and then get cleaned up over time because there's something there that's very valuable well i was gonna say a lot of the situations we look at sort of the common theme that we've spoken about off air and i think a little bit on there as well is a lot of the companies kind of come public in a weird way which could mean in the past there could be some just very unnatural situation those are those are the ones that are the best because people don't notice them they think they could be a fraud or something often their name hasn't been changed to something that makes more sense with what they're doing today whatever those sorts of things you know i mean the reverse merger is like the exact opposite of all that or an ipo but a reverse merger is a good example they merge it into something else and then they change the name to be the something else yeah that's the kind of thing to avoid that's the opposite of peter lynch thing Mm. the better thing is they you have berkshire hathaway which actually in the early days is an insurance company and then they're like a bank and insurance company and stuff but they're called berkshire hathaway like that there's some old textile mill and stuff you know there's something depressing about it he liked this one uh funeral homes he really liked that. Very now, funeral depressing. homes became hot stocks and stuff, so that well, became niche. a problem. Made a lot of money in those, right? After they fell apart. So yeah. Lynch liked them before when they were starting the rolling up, and then uh, Pabrai got involved after they crashed mm-hmm. because they became one of these crazy uh, bubbles in the U.S., and also I think they uh, became that in the U.K. too. They were a roll-up. So that's, yeah. you know, they what had happens in any of those industries. Like yeah. yeah. you. I read about that in Billion Dollar Mistakes. They mm-hmm. talked about that, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, he likes the ones where there's something depressing about it that way. I think that's true too, you know, that people will avoid things like that, whether it's, you know, um, you know, who knows, but if at it's one like point some settlement business or whatever, no right. one wants to be involved in oh, that. Oh yeah. There's yeah. a lot of people, especially in this area that got burned on life mm-hmm. settlements and private places so and stuff like that. That might be something that well, there are good companies in that eventually because people are depressed the by the idea of thinking about it. There were frauds in it, stuff like that. So, well, you know, it's like when there's some situations where Greenblatt, he talked about, I looked at it because I knew nobody else would look at it. Yes. It's like, maybe that's, you know, what he's talking about. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, he was actually talking about a spinoff, but same thing applies. Right. Um, so it's a no growth industry. Uh, I like no growth industries a lot. He was really big on plastic knives and forks was one company that he loved a lot that way. Uh, almost all of his really big successes, Lynch are high growth companies and low growth industries, which I think is the best. 
I think if you find that, you're that's really the great one. So like, so Walmart and Southwest Airlines are pretty good examples of it. Now they weren't completely no growth, but adjusted for inflation, stuff, they were lower. Um, Starbucks. Starbucks is a literal example of a no growth industry. I don't believe that since now Starbucks may be part of the reason for that, mm-hmm. but since Starbucks um, became big nationally, I don't think there's been any increase in like coffee consumption and stuff. If anything, there might be a little bit of a decrease as it all becomes. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or you don't get any choices or whatever. Um, but as a result, so like, or um, now you could argue about this. Boston beer is another good example, right? So Boston beer grew during a period in which there was no growth in, in beer consumption. Now you could argue, and some people will, no, Boston beer is in the better beer category. Yeah, sure. Starbucks is in some other category, which is true. Like, like like I said, Southwest Airlines. But if I used, so there was growth in airlines, right? And I said Walmart as a like retailer thing. But what if we ca- call Walmart the discount retail industry then that was growing fast and what if we call southwest airlines the um you know discount fares you know low fare uh then that was growing fast so things like that um but instead of semiconductors or something that everyone agrees in the industry is growing very quickly at those times so those you know he, he gives examples of that but um that's those are the ones that are usually the best um i don't know so like for a retail concept or something so he talked about la quinta Right. Mm-hmm. A, a, a big uh, example would be like, uh, you know, a Home Depot or something like how much do hardware sales and stuff really grow. But the company grew phenomenal. So is it really a company coming in and they have that high growth right in this no growth industry because of their business model? Their they take market maybe, share. The premium. It's all through it. market share gain. Okay. Yeah. So it's all through market share gain. Um, and I think that that's, you know, so today let's give an example today. Um, if you had something that was growing as a restaurant or something growing as a movie theater or something over time, those industries have barely grown at all. Sure. Right? Supermarkets, Whole Foods. You Mm -hmm. know, I think Peter Lynch would be a Whole Foods person that he would buy that stock. I definitely think that's the kind of like Peter Lynch thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it was successful in one area, it could move out from there and whatever. And yet supermarkets as a whole aren't growing. But there's the trend, you know, the trend towards the kinds of supermarkets they had. Uh, It's got a niche. So he says that he'd much rather own a rock pit than uh, 20th Century Fox. And he gives examples of that. And I agree with that. Um, we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. I think the lime industry, the cement industry, aggregates. Um, and those all fit the first two principles, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I owned um, I owned Florida Rock, yeah. which we've talked about. And it con- Nuclear reactors. <laughs> Nuclear reactors, yeah. The people, like there's business. some people who don't like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And nuclear waste, part mm-hmm. of what they were doing and stuff. Yeah, so that's definitely one that people don't like. That's what, you know, sometimes... Yeah, he mentions Florida Rock specifically here. Boston Sand and Gravel, that was another oh. good stock. So, uh, Vulcan Materials and stuff, those are more famous. But for people who don't know, there's some small ones like Boston Sand and Gravel and Florida Rock that have also been very successful. Yeah, I mean, if you had... If I had to save money for retirement and things like that and stuff as like a separate thing outside of publicly traded things, much rather that you shouldn't buy bonds and things, you should buy yourself a gravel pit. Really? Yes. Way safer. Uh-huh. Because you have no protection in a bond. Sure. And I, so you have something that has cash flows off of it, mm-hmm. but also protects you from inflation. What you want to buy is like, you know, a gold mine or something, but there's a problem. What's the price of gold? It yeah. could be anything. I uh-huh. can't lock in the price of I mean, well, there are ways to lock it in, but I can't lock it in long enough. So for you're the saying entire time the price of a gravel pit doesn't really move a lot? The, the price? Yeah, Same yeah. thing as like lime and yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. No, it's price in real terms is going to stay incredibly similar okay. all the time because its market doesn't get affected by people entering and exiting sure. the market. Like Here's the problem, with, the problem with gold. They could find too much gold in South Africa. Yeah. So even though I have a great gold mine here in the West or whatever, if they if people get doing too much exploration in other parts of the world, it'll throw down the price yeah. of gold for me. Like Elon Musk can mine the gold in outer space? 
Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking so, about? Uh, no. Everyone watching, if they're on Fitsuit, they'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, but so th- that's an issue. Like, you know, we talked about NACO and stuff. They're going to work on a mine that's going to do lithium stuff. The price yeah. of lithium will collapse sometimes. It'll fall 75%. It'll ra- yeah. rise four times and stuff. That will never happen with the price of lignite because you don't move lignite very far. Sure. So, yes. Uh, so a rock pit or something is a great investment. Uh, but he also talks about newspapers and stuff, which at the time were a great investment. Uh-huh. Uh, people have to keep buying it. He liked those. So that would be like a product one. Yeah, you have to keep buying it. Okay. You you know, it's like a drug company thing. You don't want to buy a drug company that makes a vaccine. That's not, fit, you know, um, why, you wouldn't want that. That's good for society. But a vaccine isn't very useful as a thing that people have to take, keep, keep taking. You want heartburn medication. That's yeah. how you really make money. Sure. You know, um, it's a user of technology. So he didn't like companies that actually... Uh, uh, our tech companies, but like his favorite would be like Ameri- uh, would be like automatic data processing, right? Mm-hmm. So they just use it to do payrolls in a sure. in a fast way, yeah. Um, and then he also liked insiders are buying, which uh, I agree with too. But the last one is insiders buying combined with the companies buying back their shares, sure, right? So we've talked about a lot of these before. But he, he and then he gives an example of the greatest company of all time and stuff. And he talks about Cajun clean uh, Cajun cleansers and stuff which he talks about how like they're in the louisiana bayou and they're f- fixing up things that get dirty there and stuff so it meets everything it's dull it's a place that's far from new york and stuff that people won't pay attention to there it sounds um yeah, kind of disgusting and moldy and everything like just a terrible and area. uh yeah and so all of those sorts of things are what would get people to not look at it and not invest in it yeah um as opposed to if it you see these things all the time like uh, let me give you an example of the opposite of Village Supermarket, okay? Sure. 100% opposite. And these places aren't even far from each other. Village Supermarket was the boring, whatever, likely to be overlooked stock. There was this other thing called Fairway. Okay. Okay. Now, Fairway had one location originally and then two locations that were amazing locations, did amazing business, right? But then they had a change in ownership. And then they decided to take the Fairway name and stuff and make it this big successful thing that they were going to roll out. And, of course, it was backed by, like, private equity or whatever that way. Um, and the reason why is see, it was in like Manhattan stuff and things. Mm -hmm. So people there knew this as like this brand. Now, of course, in the rest of the world, no one knows about this thing and stuff, and it's only been successful in a very small place. But by doing that, you kind of convince people that, oh, they're going to take the store that's amazing to me. And I'm the one, you know, all the investment banks are there and all the analysts and whatever and things like that. And so it's the exact opposite of the kind of thing they would be interested in. Um, there was one I remember in, um, uh, the UK, uh, that was very popular in London. It was uh, like an Oban Pond type uh, uh, company, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really, really interesting. People interested in as a stock and stuff because they all ate there. Really, the analysts and stuff. Sure. Whereas if you looked at the <laughs> one that like, if it was something where they were like serving the same sort of stuff in Scotland, well, they're not the people who are yeah. making all the decisions in the UK. They're people who are in you know in London, in the city. Um, so it gets a very different. Uh, you know, you get a very different. Um. Uh, attraction of it from the stock market based on that. Mm-hmm. So the things that, you know, um, aren't the stuff that people would be doing here. I felt that's true before. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So uh, out of everything that you just read, which company do you know of today that sort of fits this mold? Or I guess this blueprint? I can think of one minus a couple of points. Okay. What are the most, I, would say, I would say NACO. I mean, they're not buying back their stock, but I think it fits pretty much all those points for the most part. It, I hate to... 
say that. But, oh, it does do know. do disagreeable. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. Definitely. That's I hate true. to say because we talk about ACK a lot, but yeah. Yeah. And there's some that are mixed. Like I would say some, I would say if turning point brands wasn't doing the vaping and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. what does that but even then, mean? But then, but then the marijuana was popular that way. Mm-hmm. So people are, uh, investment people are into marijuana stuff, but the, the chewing tobacco stokers and stuff is yeah. very the opposite. So if the company was just called stokers and had that, then oh, yeah. I think it would be way under the radar. Uh-huh. Uh, because that's like a kind of tobacco and stuff that's not popular. Um, and doesn't have a good image and stuff with, um, uh, you know, with with the investing public, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's a sock doing? I haven't looked at that sock in a long it, time. Th- Let's see. Well, it completed the merger with um, Standard Diversified. Uh-huh. Yeah, because yeah. there was yes. You see, should, people should have bought Standard Diversified. So yeah. that was another one that was we were talking about a trade. You should have bought that in a trade like Buffett would have. Speculative value. There you go. Um, so, so it's at thirty. I mean, twenty dollars and twenty seven cents. Ninety two million. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Five hundred sixty two million dollar market cap. Right. But you couldn't. Right, but you couldn't have lost money on it, on Standard Diversified. No. Well, you could have shorted. Turning Point Brands is easy to short. Yeah, well, we looked at, yeah, we talked about doing that. Yeah, I mean, when I did a write-up on it and stuff, I talked to people about that. Uh, but, I mean, even after the deal was announced, mm-hmm. there was a spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, but so, so 20, or Turning Point But the brand. problem is the marijuana and stuff is popular with people. Mm-hmm. So they have zigzag, which is, and vaping, you know. So, but it does disagree. But I would think that a stokers on its own would be something that would people would see as I would literally say Monarch Cement, too, probably. Fits a lot of that. I mean, I but don't know if the company's not, buying back a lot of their stock. It is a very boring company. It's a very... Yes, I agree. It's very you know, boring, all those sorts name, of things. Monarch Cement. I mean, now it has cement in it, which I think actually that attracts it more boring in my opinion <laughs> the cement is more boring yeah, i know okay. you like sir but i feel like the average i mean like, uh, but i yeah. feel like people might buy it on uh infrastructure things and stuff like oh there's inf- you know it's the kind of thing that i we hear okay. people yeah, argue about that. yeah sure which could be but it's only yeah. in its little area so unless the government spends on big infrastructure like spending u.s area, lime u.s lime yeah i mean some people are I they think importing lime from mexico yeah, or something that, what is that that's what they think yeah, yeah. so no u.s lime and, and, and monarch cement and stuff have boring names selling limes i know it is interesting that, that they roll up all these companies that are called like boston sand and gravel florida rock and stuff and then they call themselves things like vulcan materials and everything that yeah. are much sexier things to sell to uh the investing public yeah cool well i want to thank everybody so much for tuning in with jeff and i and the focused compounding podcast Hit that subscribe button both on the podcast side things and YouTube, bringing you a ton of content, having a lot of fun doing it. We appreciate the support and we will see you in the next podcast.